welcome to Smarten Up, the show where we demystify the complex world of tax and provide practical business insights. I'm your host, Sally Preston. As a business owner, I know how frustrating it can be when it seems hard to access understandable information, particularly when the topic is as complex as the tax law. So in this podcast, we will explore topics to help you make smarter decisions when it comes to your business taxes, which will ultimately benefit your bottom line. Whether you are starting up in business or have been in business for years, this podcast aims to become an essential part of your financial toolkit. Welcome to Smarten Up, your tax and business podcast. My name is Sally Preston and I'll be your host. And today I've got with me Ellie Murdoch, who's here to speak about R&D tax incentive. Thanks, Ellie. So the R&D tax incentive is a tax offset provided by the government aimed at encouraging companies to invest in innovation in Australia. So if your business is conducting eligible R&D activities, the R&D tax incentive can help you access either a refundable or non-refundable tax offset, depending on the size of your business. It's a great way for businesses to fund part of their investment in R&D rather than relying on other forms of funding and capital. And the program is jointly administered by Oz Industry and the ATO. So Ellie, who might be eligible to make a claim? Yep. So there are a few factors businesses need to consider when assessing whether they're eligible to access the program. So firstly, only companies incorporated in Australia or foreign companies that are Australian tax residents can access the program. Secondly, the company must be conducting R&D activities, which includes at least one activity that meets the program definition of a core R&D activity. And it's really important to understand the types of activities that are eligible, which we'll cover off in a bit more detail later on. Thirdly, the company has eligible R&D expenditure greater than $20,000, unless they're using a research service provider like a university to help conduct the activities. Eligible expenditure can include salaries and wages paid to employees, amounts paid to contractors and consultants, admin and overhead costs, and decline in value on assets used in R&D activities. Okay, so heaps can be included, not just what you think might be. There's some other stuff in there as well. Hmm. So what are the financial benefits to a company of making this claim? Yeah, so there are two different tax offsets available, so they depend on the aggregated or group turnover. Of the company. So for R&D entities with an aggregated turnover of less than $20 million, it's quite lucrative. So it's a refundable offset, which is your corporate tax rate plus an 18.5% premium. And depending on the company's tax position, this will either reduce a company's tax liability or so far as the company is in losses, it will be accessed as a cash refund. Oh, everyone likes to put extra cash in their pocket. That sounds pretty good to a lot of people. And for entities with an aggregated turnover of $20 million or more, the entitlement is a non-refundable tax offset worked out using a two-tier intensity premium. So how this operates is that the premium tiers are calculated by dividing the company's R&D expenditure by the total expenditure. And for companies with less than 2% of R&D expenditure, the premium is 8.5%. Mm-hmm. And for any R&D expenditure above 2%, it's a 16.5% premium. So that's quite a big difference. And non-refundable, meaning that the offset reduces the tax liability or is carried forward for future years. Okay. So even if the company was in losses and they're turning over $20 million, they're not going to get their cash back then? No, that's right. It's going to be carried forward and using its future tax. Still, so they're not missing out entirely. No, it's just a little bit. It's not as good as the cash back. Yeah. 
All right. So what might one of our listeners be looking for as eligible R&D activities? Probably the biggest question you all get asked. Yes, that's it. And it's quite a complicated one. But R&D activities can either be core activities or supporting activities. So core R&D activities, they're defined in the 97 Income Tax Assessment Act and must satisfy specific criteria. So this is firstly an experimental activity. So that's one that is based on principles of established science and whose outcome can only be determined by applying a systematic progression of work. So what that means is it's developing a hypothesis, conducting an experiment, observing and evaluating results, and leading to logical conclusions. Secondly, the outcome can't be known in advance on the basis of current knowledge, information or experience worldwide. So this can be determined using literature reviews, patent searches, and consulting with industry experts. And lastly, it has to be for the purpose of generating new knowledge. So some examples that you might be undertaking R&D includes where you develop or improve a product, a service, or processes. It's also industry agnostic. So I've helped companies in agribusiness, manufacturing, biomed, and software. And it's quite broad. And just also to note, the activity can't be covered by a specific exclusion. And without going into too much detail, that's things like market research, routine testing and analysis, reproducing commercial products or processes, just things that aren't really aren't mm. that innovative. So you would rely, I'm going to go off this a little bit, but you would rely heavily on the person undertaking the R&D or the people involved in the R&D to help figure out what might be eligible and what might not be. That's it. It's usually the technical people actually involved in undertaking the yep. R&D to determine the activities. And then someone in finance will be able to explain the eligible costs associated. So it's talking to a broad range of stakeholders in the company. Mm. Now, I'm pretty sure you'll have a cracking good example. I do. (laughs) (laughs) But before we move on to that, I might just outline supporting activities really quickly. So that was the second type of activity that I mentioned before. And this is one that directly relates to the core R&D activity that we just spoke about. So it's things like investigations and analysis into the cause of a technical issue and identifying variables contributing to that issue. And can be literature reviews to refine and develop your hypothesis before you conduct the experiments. And then it can also be throughout conducting the actual experiment. So if you're conducting trials, then it'll be set up commissioning, cleaning, maintenance of equipment and decommissioning after okay. that too. So quite quite broad as well. Yeah. Getting back to that. <laughs> that example you've got, because we all come up with these really clever examples, right? <laughs> Have you got a good name? Like I name my example clients. Well, actually, I thought it'd be easy to say. Um, Oz Industry has a really great range of examples of okay. different industries. So I would recommend anyone who's a first-time claimant to go and have a look at those. But I've taken one from there. Oh, I love a bit of you know corporate theft. That's right. Nice, <laughs> nice stuff. idea, right? Idea stealing. Well done. And it's called Baking Stuff. So we can just quickly run through that. Baking Stuff is a company seeking to create new bread products that contain fish oil as a source of omega-3. So first, looking at current knowledge, Baking Stuff searches worldwide and can't find any current knowledge, information or experience to tell them how to achieve their outcome. Current information suggests it's not possible to add fish oil to bread and they conclude that they must conduct a systematic progression of work to determine whether they can create new brand products. Secondly, they develop their hypothesis. So for each core R&D activity, their systematic progression of work proceeds from a hypothesis informed by background searches. So they review literature and patterns that relate to three things, technical outcomes. So microencapsulation for controlled release of vitamins. Secondly, the effect of temperature on microcapsule coating. And thirdly, the effect of enzymes on the coating. They then conduct their experiments. So 
they contract a research service provider to help provide them and design and conduct experiments to test each hypothesis. And then they produce experimental batches of bread in a separate line of their commercial baking machine. So it's, it's quite separate to their ordinary business activities. And finally, their purpose is to generate new knowledge in the form of new products. So when they start their R&D activities, there's no bread on the market worldwide that contains fish oil as a source of omega-3. And they'll also generate new knowledge about how to add the fish oil to the bread. So after considering all of that, they self-assess that their R&D activities are eligible because they've satisfied all that relevant criteria. And they have two core activities, first being the experimentation regarding the capsulated fish oil additive and the second conducting those lab experiments to understand the enzyme resistance of fish oil microcapsules. And then lastly, they also have one supporting activity and that goes back to the background research into the properties of the fish oil. Great. Okay, so we've gone that far. We've had a look at what we're doing in the R&D space. We think we've got eligible R&D. Talk to a really clever person like yourself who's helped us figure out how much and that. How do we make a claim? Yeah, so making a claim, you'd have to check that your business structure is eligible first. So as I said before, it needs to be a company and you check your activities are eligible either through self-assessment or with the help of, like you said, a tax agent. And you have to register these activities with Oz Industry within 10 months of the year end, which is usually an April 30 deadline. And then you claim your actual expenditure or tax offset in the R&D tax incentive schedule in your company's annual income tax return. Okay. So what else do we need to think about? So one of the most important aspects is actually substantiating your claim. So Oz Industry expects that businesses maintain contemporaneous documentation, records and evidence which demonstrates the actual activities are eligible. And it's really important this is kept for each stage of the R&D to paint a broad picture of the R&D that's been done rather than just the experimentation, which you see a lot of businesses focusing yeah. on. So that's from um, planning and hypothesis development, which can include business cases, project plans, and literature reviews. It was right through to experimentations and results, which is things like trial forms, prototypes, and test reports. And it can also include informal documentation, such as emails, photos, and meeting minutes. There are some other considerations as well that the ACO has put in place to protect the integrity of the program as well. So I might run through those quickly. Yeah, perfect. Just shortly because they can be quite complex, but just to keep in mind. So firstly, the expenditure needs to be incurred by the company conducting the R&D. So it can't be for the benefit of anyone else. So that means that the company need to incur the expenditure, reap the benefit of the R&Ds that might be maintaining any intellectual property that is generated and being able to direct the R&D activities. The second is where a company incurs R&D expenditure to associates. This can only be claimed in the year that that's actually paid. So there's, that's relevant for payments made to directors and other associated entities of the business. And a common thing that we see is that amounts owed to the associate are converted to a loan, but that's not actually a payment that needs to be physically paid to be claimed in that year. Also, only expenditure in Australia can be claimed. So for expenditure undertaken overseas, it can only be claimed where the entities made an overseas finding application. And there are further eligibility rules that can be quite complex. And I'd recommend seeking help from a tax agent before making this application because the deadline is slightly different. So it has to be, the application needs to be made before the year end rather than that 10 months. Oh, wow. That's what I was talking about. Yep. Yeah. So you've actually really got to get onto the overseas yes. stuff a lot 
earlier. A lot earlier. It takes a lot of planning, yeah. I'd say, um, rather than just claiming it. You'd see a lot of um, a lot of clients miss out then, wouldn't you, yeah. for not thinking about it? Yeah. If they just aren't aware or didn't yeah. know there were different requirements. And lastly, you can't deduct expenditure where the expenditure is not at risk. So that's when it's incurred. The company could reasonably be expected to receive an amount of consideration regardless of the results of the activity. So grants are an example. That's okay. Cool. Yeah. So awesome. Our client is now ready to apply. Mm-hmm. How do they do that? Yeah. So they just, there's two administrators, government bodies that administrate the R&D tax incentives. That's Oz Industry and the ACO. So it's just making sure that application is drafted, evidencing how those R&D activities meet the program legislative requirements. And that's submitted via an online portal. And then eligible costs needs to be calculated as well. So looking at anything that relates to R&D and then claiming that as part of your tax return. Great. Well, anything else that we need to know or where that's pretty much the snapshot of R&D, right? Snapshot. Yeah. Condensed version, but I would, um, <laughs> it is condensed. That's why you pay Ellie to come and help with you R&D. Is that right, Ellie? That's it. But I'll just note key three things to remember when making a claim. And we've sort of covered off on this, but it's just making sure your R&D is planned well in advance undertaking it and that you keep contemporaneous records throughout all stages of those activities and that will strengthen the eligibility of your claim. We talked about earlier, it's a self-assessment regime. So if you're being reviewed, you want to make sure you have all of that documentation to support it. Secondly, understanding the type of costs you can claim. So making sure those payments to associated persons are physically made by the year end, otherwise you'll miss out on claiming that until a future year. And lastly, keeping an eye on lodgement dates. So those activities need to be registered like we yeah. talked about otherwise. Unfortunately, the benefit of the claim is lost, which can be quite a lot of money. Yeah, that's that'd be a real shame. Well, thank you so much for running us through the R&D tax incentive. It's been great having you talk us through that. I certainly feel a lot smarter. So this is a yet another episode of Smarten Up, your tax and business podcast. My name's Sally Preston. This is Ellie Murdoch, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Smarten Up Tax and Business. I hope you found the information valuable as you navigate your entrepreneurial journey. If you did, please leave us a review and share the podcast with your fellow business owners. Remember, what we've talked about today is not a substitute for getting formal advice from an accountant or lawyer that is more specific to your circumstances. But knowledge is power when it comes to getting your taxes right. And it can also save you a buttload of money too.